faith, fight, basketball. This is the F2 Basketball Podcast. Hey guys, we're back. It's Colin Stevens again here with Nick Troll. We are uh, on the campus of Red Ventures. Um, and Nick, great to have you on the podcast. Glad to be here. I've never really been on. I didn't know if I was like, supposed to talk in the mic <laughs> or be close. You don't have to yell in the mic. You don't, do, you don't have to do anything but be yourself. What do I do with my hands? Oh, right. <laughs> All right. So uh, keep them comfortable as well. So Nick, tell us a little bit. You and I have known each other for a while. We've uh, both been in the training business for a while. And you are currently um, running this thing called Life Hoops here in Charlotte, North Carolina. So tell us, tell us about that. Yeah, so oddly enough, ended up here on you know, Red Ventures campus and got to know our CEO, Rick Elias, and he had started a, uh, a program, more of a project and a movement called Life Sports, which is okay. originally just trying to reach kids through sports, the opportunity of connecting and that kids can be more than they say they are. There's a big study that came out in Charlotte about economic mobility, Yeah, and we ranked 50th of all 50 state cities, so we were the lowest of kids moving from poverty yeah. outside of that. Wow. So, it was initially thought to combat that. Like, mm-hmm. how do we serve kids and provide another avenue to elevate them? And I think we've learned so much more. And like, what Life Sports essentially is, is we take Title I schools in Charlotte, which are kind of the lowest poverty-stricken locations. Right. To, we have full-time coaches, like, on the ground floor every day in YMCA scattered around Charlotte. And these kids come each day of the week. We have weekend events that come in the summer, and we get to serve them through you know sport through mentorship through yeah events and academic and just we've seen a lot of stuff improve yeah data wise and we've seen so much stuff you can't quantify right how a kid looks you in the eye right how right right your hand and the confidence so life hoops you know it's, it's more of the life side uh, and a lot of our guys are love 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 the game yeah um, but we, we just want to impact kids we don't want to make them college basketball players right well and what i hear out of that is like proximity, relationship, being with these kids day in and day out, that's what you guys think of make really make the difference. Yeah, I think it's like, Rick says something sometimes, like you can see a kid for what he can be, not what he thinks he is. Yeah. Like you can see him for more. Um, and so I think the beauty of the program is it's just like we're a safe place each and every day. Like right. That they can go, and I think back to like my day and age, and there's like three guys that stick out, or three or four that stick out my day, we're like just there, like, providing insight or you know just a right. relationship or a guy that would text you and follow up and like I think at this age there's so much volatility and how you can make decisions and what path you can go down that having someone consistent that truly cares and been fortunate to have a staff of guys that really care I think it makes waves in like their their trajectory of life yeah well and so cool too somebody like Rick Elias who's built Red Ventures which right, right now, guys, we are on campus at Red Ventures, like one of the coolest places to be around. Much, I mean, it's got to be, I know you enjoy being here to work, but somebody like that who's built something that has a heart for kids and, and not just like, not just business, but doing something with it. I mean, that's got to be pretty cool to work for. Yeah, I think he cares too. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not just, you know, using resource to impact. Like, he's a, he's a, he loves hoops. Like, yeah. He's a guy that wants to, you know, he loves the game and understands what it did for him. Like, right. He talks about that game doesn't love him back. Like, but it, it talks so much to him as a person, as a player and developing. So I think being that we have that, the connection with the Hornets and Matt Carroll and with that, like that initially started with he and Matt Carroll right. playing one-on-one, creating an idea and how do we serve more and then it developed into to more and more. So knowing that he cares and you know he's right. had 
you know, we run it like a business at Redmond. Yeah. So we analyze it and try to structure it the same way to make sure that we don't have any waste to what we do. Right. So um, it, it's been fun to just be a part of. I'm just considering myself part of this wave and I'll keep riding it. And glad to be in. That's something that fulfills me on, my, on a daily basis. Yeah, so Life Hoops, how can uh, anybody who's interested connect with Life Hoops? Yeah, so we, we just launched Life Kicks now. So okay. we're a little more branded now on the Life Sports side. So okay. we're actually upgrading our website, lifesports.org. And you, you can now plug in on Instagram, Life Hoops underscore, like CLT, uh, or lifehoops.org right now. But eventually it'll kind of all funnel through our Life Sports channel. Cause gotcha. We think that ultimately the ball is just a segue to whatever demographic. Right. So, we're kind of going down the soccer journey, and my footwork skills don't uh, mimic the ability to shoot a ball. So it's right, fun, so. right, <laughs> a little different, little branch out for you. Yes, yeah. I uh, dig it. Learning new things. I dig it. All right, so you obviously you're not in life hoops because you were a golfer. I am not. You ha- you you have some basketball history to yourself, so. Take you grew up here in Charlotte. Yep. Take us through, you know, Nick Troll's journey from, you know. It was a fun one, man. I think you, you know, you think back to all the times and you know, miss that journey of like each day is a new day and competing and playing. And Charlotte was really, really competitive. This is back pre-age before everyone was getting commented on on a social media thread. So right. you would get put in the paper if you were top ten in the state, city, or who were the best guys around. You got right up and. I just remember, you know, I, I grew up here, and, and just in 3A private school, um, we had like five NBA players my senior year. So I, I led the entire state in scoring and didn't make our all-state team. <laughs> like, I, I was so mad in the moment, and I think back to like, holy crap, these guys made a great decision. Like, there was legitimately seven pros, five NBA guys. Right. So you have, you know, both Plumleys, McCurry, Ryan Kelly, Jarrell Eddy, who's now made it from the G League to the NBA. And so uh, these guys are just really, really talented, and that's just in 3A private. Right. So my journey was like, I would just go like YMCA to YMCA to outdoor court, like I was addicted to the game. Yeah. The process of development, I was the guy that was shooting the snow, like I just fell in love with like getting better. Yeah. And playing it and compete, like I loved, loved to win, and I, like, I had this like weird addiction to like, I would love to leave school at 7.15 sweating, I got there at 6, and you were walking in like halfway shaking off your hair that you just combed because you woke up and like, right. knowing that I was tougher than you. Right. That feeling to me <laughs> was really cool. I think it carried me uh, along the journey. And I yeah. think I, uh, Charlotte was so talented, like I said, that you know, I wasn't, I guess, under-recruited in some nature, but I didn't have a ton coming out of, of sure. high school and I had some Division One interest, but I was probably that fourth or fifth guy on a shooting guard list or, you know. Right couldn't guard a chair, probably still can't guard one. So for me, it was like, I didn't have this, you know, big recruitment and where nowadays like shooting is so much more valued in yeah. the game, you know, I, I didn't have as much. So even some places in my backyard, the division two schools weren't. So I had a few offers ended up going to Anderson University, which is division two in South Carolina, right. who was trending upwards. And, and we had a, a new young group of guys that were rising sophomores and, um, and I, I was so excited just to play. Like, yeah. the scholarship and be at the next level. And, like, I think I, like, broke the shooting machine my first year. Like, I just wanted to stake the reputation of, like, I still work harder than anybody. Right. But I look back, and I'm really thankful that I'm the only one that worked in college. Because if those guys worked as hard as I did, yeah. I wouldn't have played. All right, all right. Because they're just yeah. really talented. Right. And I was just an uh, average, you know, athletic white guy that could shoot a few. Um, but I think ultimately uh, – like I just had great teammates and a great coach in college. Yeah. 
you know, three of our four years we made the NCAA tournament. We made it to the Elite Eight, Sweet 16. I got a few rings, and um, I think that was the right level for me. Sure. And I try to tell guys today is go to a level where they couldn't live without you. Right. Like they, they are staking their program around you. And right. That necessarily wasn't me, but I got to come in right around and play. We had six guys average double figures. Um, I, I still have a few school records, you know, probably field goal attempts being one. Um, but I, I really enjoyed, like, the camaraderie. And winning makes everything sure. easier. And I think it was – so, like, I, and I still just defined my journey that I was going to, like, my preparation was going to breed my confidence. Right. I wanted to make sure that, like – like I would get up the shots and know that the next day would be based on predicated on the work that I put in before, and uh, that was the time of like Ray Allen really in his prime, yeah. JJ Redick was in college, and like those guys are just hyper workers. Right. Like, just insane. and I just love that process. Of yeah. It. I think it kind of tailored me through, and I was fortunate to have a good career, mostly injury free, and just had a great, great coach. Jason Taylor was our coach at the time. Mm-hmm. He's now at Tennessee Tech, and Jeff Brooklyn was our assistant, who's now our head coach at at my school and both guys like really cared yeah they were detailed they talked the game at a high high level um and then we won games we right. just had good guys and i always say the food tastes better in college when you when you win games for sure right. for sure now don't get it twisted because i just want to make sure that our audience knows like this guy is absolutely a gamer and a competitive guy so so one 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 of the things that you mentioned is for for players that are coming out like go where you are wanted Absolutely, but the reality is, is that there are a ton of really, really, really good Division Two players. Like, I mean, we're in Charlotte here, and Queens. You know, Queens had how many Division One wins did they have last year? I mean, yeah. they are a top-notch program. I think they were Final Four last year, and maybe even, I think they were they were plus thirty wins. They have four. I just actually connected with Mark the other day, who's their head coach. Yeah, great, great coach, and and he they have. Four or five current pros from that roster yeah. that are playing overseas. Yeah. Todd Withers is in the G League. Like the talent is yeah. really grown. And so I just want to say that because sometimes we have some, we'll have some younger listeners that are like, oh, I just got to get this just D one, just D one, just D one, ACC, Pac twelve, Pac ten, or, or Big Ten. And it's like, so you get it in your mind, but it is important that you know we, we that kids are going where they are wanted and needed and they can play. But this is the thing: is Nick has probably had some of his best games. Now, this is just a, in my this is a this is legendary in my world cuz I haven't been to the sh- the 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 red runs. Um, can you tell us about the the mythical red <laughs> red runs? And and I hear you've gotten big time buckets there. I don't know. Just so the red run is kind of a name that came out of Red Ventures. Our our CEO has a a court at his house, and we have some great pickup games. And throughout the summer, pro guys are off, and they'll start to trickle in. Uh, and this summer, we had a higher influx of guys, and so Charlotte Hornets, Phoenix Suns guys, uh, guys that are kind of unrestricted free agents and looking for spots. So we spent a few days of eight or nine pros, and then I would, you know, traditionally match up. And even my first trip to Rick's house was ironic, as the guy that organizes the run was like, "Hey, I have a good matchup for you." I had played, I just had my daughter, like I hadn't played in six or seven months, I feel like I had lost the set. He's like, hey, we, we look forward to having you. I, you know, I heard you still go a little bit. Uh, your matchup is Malik Muck. And I was like, oh, great. Like, sounds great. <laughs> Luckily, you know, we, we both are more potent offensively, so I think we both had a good day. Uh, but yeah, I think like this past summer, you know, Kimba, I've become the biggest Kimba Walker. Yeah. He's such a better human. 
been here as a player, and he's a really, really yeah, good yeah, player. Yeah, yeah, I about to say. Um, and so, like, Miles Bridges and Gerald Henderson and yeah. Cody Zeller, just great guys. So we, there's a day or two we had eight guys in there. There was, a, there was one situation where we came late in, you know, game three, and I, I got hot late, and um, I hit a few down the stretch over a few throws, and, you know, you know, we had some NFL guys in the stands, and you know, it, it was a it was a good feeling for an old guy. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I think I hit a, got a switch, and, and someone stepped out, and I called off the. You know, I didn't want another switch, right? and I went right out of pro and yeah. hit a shot. Those are the ones you can tell your kids about. No doubt. And in ten years, I hit ten in a row, not two in a row. Right, right, right. Right, so yes, the, uh, Nick is one of the most competitive guys I've been around, which I love. It's you know I know it drives you also and to do really not just you know what you've done with basketball, but to make life hoops as great as it can be and how it can impact um, you know those. And then you know we met through training kind of, and, and you you've been a great trainer, very detailed and all that. But um, you know, something that we, we kind of talk with all our, all of our guests about is like, what, are, what were some of like the obstacles that you hit or some, maybe a failure or something that hit you that you had to push through, climb over, get past for you to get to, you know, where you got to in your journey? Yeah, I'll kind of allude to two um, that'll kind of tie together. The first one being like coming out of high school, like expecting to be you know, a division one athlete like most do and, right. you know, that understanding some guys going to levels like saying I still believe I firmly went to the right level and right. had a great career. I came in as I literally led the entire state in scoring, thinking like, oh great, I'm coming to this level to play. And I remember like my first day playing pickup on campus and I, I caught one on the wing, you know, jabbed a guy right, it was like getting to the paint. Literally in my mind in split seconds like this is too easy. Like I'm gonna average thirty here. And like I went to go for a layup and a guy literally put both hands on the backboard, grabbed it like yelled at me on the way down and was going the other way. I was like, oh man, like these guys can play. <laughs> right. And I ended up playing, which like looking back now is excellent, like 20 minutes a game as a freshman. And like, like think, but still like going from being like every possessions play as a high schooler, right. like out getting the ball every touch, you know, shooting whenever I wanted to playing in the system, playing 22 minutes some nights, playing 12 minutes some nights, depending on performance or matchups or speed and style of play. It was really, really hard. Yeah. And then, like, I had a great year and ended up leading us, like, I was second in scoring as a freshman, even coming off the bench. So I mentioned leading in FGAs. I didn't hesitate to, to get it up. But, like, as I went into a sophomore year, we brought some Division One transfers in. We brought another guy in. And we were really, really good. And my role didn't really increase with my expectations. Like, I just assumed I would be able to get more and have right. more. I didn't start my second or third year. Note that I said I am our second all-time leading scorer. Right. And for three years, I came off the bench. Right. Um, one, I, like I said, I was productive, I think, in nature. But like, it was hard mentally to like overcome like not having growth or having the potential to, right. to be more. Um, and then I think that led into one of the biggest challenges is coming into my senior year, we graduated five seniors. So it was more or less, and I had developed some leadership qualities as a junior and was a vocal leader and used my voice since my feet weren't as fast. And... I remember like thinking, hey, this is my year. I really am excited to lead this group. We just come off of, uh, an Elite Eight finish. We were top preseason top 25 in the country. And I'm playing at home one day at the local Y here and guarding a guy full court for who knows why and trying to win a game at a local YMCA. And guy turns in and I break my right hand. 
And so like I remember like not knowing I remember keep playing in that game and right. wanting to grab a rebound. Like literally can't squeeze the ball, ended up trying to like knowing my competitiveness, try to get go for the win with my left handed jump shot. Yeah. Lose the game. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up going to the doctor, broke my hand, and like this is midsummer going into my senior year, like for like a for like a moment I was devastated. Right. Like I think like when I think of like just a, a first world obstacle. Yeah. Like I didn't like I was looking forward to having the best summer I could to project into my senior right, year, right. to lead a team. And like, I didn't see the benefit of it then and there. Mm. I had a great coach who I remember like sending me a handwritten note and an article about like development and like what you can do with other opportunities and how it can. So I remember playing with two of my good friends, like my good friend Lee Branscombe and John Edwards were at the downtown YMCA. I'm, I'm three weeks later in a cast. and ended up like really just getting into the movement of using my left hand yeah. all summer. And, I remember that like we, we won a few games and like I remember like even I, I was playing with the cast and people were like sending the worst matchup my right. way <laughs> and like I was like still trying to like control a game like I would right. with both hands and right. I, I got better at it yeah but I remember like them we lost a game and they're like if you shoot one more left-handed three <laughs> like we're leaving you and we'll not play. <laughs> Um, and so, like, I would go home and, like, work on, like, just how can I be productive right. without what has made me and my right. identity of making shots and competing and scoring. So I think, like, in turn, I came back as a senior. Like, I was one of our best finishers and passers going left. Yeah. And from the position that I played, like, I, like, I was, like, so much more confident throwing swing and drift passes left-handed and quick finishes left or outside hand hooks. and. Like in a moment, like that could have like really deterred and derailed yeah. a summer right. for one of my biggest opportunities. And then that team ended up having the best record in school history. We were twenty six and six. We went to the Sweet Sixteen. We went seventeen and one in our league. Like, and I like I had a, a big handprint on that team. And like every team that we had, just great teammates. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't expect to be that good. Losing five seniors from an elite eight team. Right. Um, and I, like that obstacle, like. I, and, and so many people say it when you talk about growth. Like yeah. That rejection and that obstacle, like, I think, catapulted me into yeah. having a better view. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, and that's a that's a thing is a lot of times that we face something that's unexpected, that doesn't go according to plan, and our instantaneous thing is freak out. Yeah. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is not how it was supposed to go. And in actuality, it turned out to be something that was monumental for you, your growth as a player, um, you know, because a lot of times you don't you don't not go right until somebody stops you from going right. You know, and and uh, a broken hand stopped you from going right. I still have this idea of one day like writing my own book about I'm gonna call it left, where I literally only I, I go left-handed for an entire year. Like, yeah. I test myself on both sides. It's like I wanted to do it, and then like I go play pickup and I get too competitive and I just can't do it because I my, my left-hand shot. Like, it just, <laughs> Just, I can't make a jump shot. So my, like, my identity is like wrapped up yeah. in my right hand. Yeah. I'm trying to like derail my mind yeah. that and understand right. that I can be much more. Sure. And understand that. Because like, your friends were about to leave you. They were. They, 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 they were, were going to leave you. You shoot one more left hand and three. So, but I think it's funny of like where we get like wrapped up and like where yeah. we are. Yeah. So I just want to continue to challenge, understand that I can be more than just yeah. like a basketball player. Yeah. And, you know, whether that's a, a husband or a father right. or a worker or you know an employee. Right. Like I think our identity, our identity is more than that. So so all right. So you're talk. We've talked a lot about basketball so so far, but you are 
much more than than just basketball guy. Um, so let's so tell me about your family. I mean, you're married for 29 years. <laughs> I've been lucky to. Uh, I found my wife before anybody else found her. Right. When I was 13 or 12 or five, however we met. Um, right. And so I think uh, she had no idea what else was out there. Right. You know I, mean? so I, I was fortunate. <laughs> so no other picks. Yeah. I, right. I, I, my wife and I, we've been together since we were 14. Okay. We went to the same high school. Yeah. And then we ultimately got married at like 23. Nice. Right college. She is a physician assistant. She is 10x smarter than me, 10x the person that I am. And uh, we had our first offspring uh, about a year ago. <laughs> Our daughter Emerson is uh, teaching me a lot about myself, yeah. and, you know, who I am and what I'm really not. Um, so it's been a journey. But yeah, I think in all, it's just, you know, the, the people around you is just a blessing. And right. I hope that they know they give so much more to me than I give to them. It's just uh, been fun. So, okay, so we talk about family a little bit. And, and how about, like, when I say, when I say faith to you, yeah. like, what is that, what is that first you know, what does that first come to mind? What does it make you think of? It, it, like, it's a journey, too. I think if we go back to, like, the story of the player, mm-hmm. the story of, the, like, a relationship in my life, like, faith to me is like a journey. Yeah. I think too often we see, like, too much of the glitz and glamour of it. And yeah. Like, really, like, it's hard. Yeah. I think, like, when I really dive down, like, I was fortunate to be exposed. I went to a Christian school. Right. Um, I went to a Christian college, not by chance. Right. It just happened that way. Like, I've been exposed to a lot of the gospel and, yeah. and like church and like you know and I think and, and, I, and we try to make it appear better than it is at times and I think it's a yeah. journey yeah I think like it's constantly reevaluating and growing and pushing and understanding that um, and we can have a whole other conversation about the lows the, the, sure. the broken hands of faith sure and where like that has taken me and like um, so I think for me it's an ever-ending goal like I Continue to get better at it, and, and, and even that's just five minutes a day. So when you say get better at it, get better at what? Yeah, I think it is. I wish I could tell more about it. Yeah. Like if I'm a believer and I have conviction that Jesus Christ is Lord, then yeah. if I follow that gospel and narrative, I, I want to get better at. To me, it's it's more about just serving others. I yeah. Think it's just like just this fundamental case of like love and yeah. and who you are. Yeah. Really and, I'm not one to publicize it or push right. it. So for me, it's been a challenge. Yeah. You're not going to see on a billboard me telling you to come right. to church or push it. And I like, I just want to get better every day about those that I am. Right. And, and, and it doesn't ha- like, I appreciate you saying that because it doesn't have to be that. You know, a lot of times we get told like, oh, if you, if you, if you believe something, then you got to make sure everybody knows it. Well, like what we see, even what, if we look at Jesus's life, I mean, he just walked it, and he loved people. And yeah, of course he talked to crowds because they've never seen anybody like him. Yeah. But for us to feel like we have to do it a certain way, and then I, I, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm I'm judged as a Christian on how how many people have I you know talked to about Jesus or how many how much of this I have done, and I'm not so sure that that's like that's the right way of doing it or or not. I, I mean. Um, I think, and I think the beauty is everyone's journey is unique. Yeah. Like I think your, you know, judge sometimes is an odd word, but I think in, in nature, I think it would be like we have these opportunities and there's this freedom to, to make influence and change. Yeah. And as you do, more and more will come to you. And you know, similar to 
uh, a corporate structure. As you grow, responsibility will follow, and right. more of that will be. So it is. It's, right. I think we sometimes we're too numerical. Of yeah. Like how many did you bring? Or yeah, change yeah. Or save and like really, I just hope like people when they leave, I, I hope my presence is a difference maker in someone. Yeah. As so many people have been to me. Sure. Because when I think back at the others, like there's been a huge influence on my life of just caring and like this word uh, like like illuminate has been like kind of in my mind lately of yeah like, like who are you like what light are you yeah you know, like i think each we only have the only connection between any of us is we only have the chance at today like today's right. day is the and we don't know what's tomorrow right and we can make the best of today and i hope that today i can influence right the people that come in my sphere right uh, and for me, like I have the conviction to try to do it positively, and if there's a way to connect with that spiritually, then yeah, then I'll try to open that window. Right, but it sounds like you want to just live it more than you just want to say it. I mean, a lot of times we we switch those, yeah. and we say it a lot, and maybe we don't live it. Or maybe you know, there's there's awesome people out there that live it and say it, and yes. they're all about it, right? So there's not a there's not a I'm saying I'm not saying there's a right way to do it, but if we don't live it and we're saying it, there is a there's something within us, there's a discord within us, and then certainly from the outside, anybody that we interact with, there's confusion. Right. I know that I've been there before when I've, I've, I've not lived it, you know, and I've said it, but I haven't lived it, and so, I, you know, just a, that's a, I guess, a little aside on, on how I feel like God's still working in me. Um, all right, so a little bit about faith. I appreciate that. How do you feel like that impacts how you're day-to-day with your family? Like, I mean, you've got a new daughter. She's beautiful. Good grief, man! Good thing she looks like her mom. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, like she's she's awesome. So, like, how does that you guys, you know, how does that make you think differently having to have a kid or like? Um, it's definitely taught me more. You know, I think just a kid by nature like immediately teaches you humility. Like right. my daughter had like what's called like severe reflux, so like she mm-hmm. would not sleep. Mm-hmm. So like what I value so much is my time and my autonomy to do and what what I wanted when I wanted. And that was taken away right. quickly. And <laughs> understanding that it's not just about me. Right. And I think, like, I think the ability, like, what faith can teach you through kids is like, I'm only a year in. Yeah. I'm sure your stories are deeper <laughs> of what you've gone through or learned and when. And so I, I don't know. I think the impact it's having is I just want to say, like, what, what can it teach me so yeah. that I can influence better? And, like, if I have the chance to put her to sleep most nights, I try to say some type of thought and prayer to say, yeah. like, I hope that. I can be an influence and that she can see that her worth is not dependent on right. anyone else in the world. Right. You know, and I think that's what we've got to consider. Yeah. We're so often deterred by others or their thought or opinion or this, this social media world of was it liked or unliked. Yeah. And, um, we put value in stock in that. And I, I think having a kid is teaching me that, that you know, we're not judged or valued right. on that. And I hope that others and she can see that yeah. as she gets older. Ah, I love it, man. I love it. All right, so take us, take us uh, through a day in the life of of Nick Troll. Take us through. Everyone's different now. Right. I, wish, I wish I was at a gym for early morning workout, right. recovery in the afternoon. Right. Um, so life sports allows me to have a lot of autonomy in yeah. how we run it and what we do, and um, so I, I, I'm kind of around our city. And but a traditional day, I'll be up pretty early. Uh, before my daughter gets up to allow me to, to get some type of operational work done or connection and uh, 
So like yesterday, I was actually at our CEO's house playing some one-on-one. So if he happens to listen to this, he did get the better of me yesterday, but that will change. So, oh, wow. Um, you know, but so, you know, it usually starts pretty early for yeah. me. Um, and then I, I'll get into our office. Our program is until three o'clock. So I usually spend our morning kind of connecting with our team or yeah. kind of seeing where we're at or looking towards the future. So right. uh, a lot of my, <clears throat> my day, I feel like I'm better in the, in the morning hours yeah. is that I'm more efficient and can connect. Usually by midday, if I'm sat in a chair for too long, right. I'm connected with people, I get out and get some type of workout so that if I do have to play, I don't embarrass myself. Right. Um, you know, so... And then by afternoon, if I get the pleasure, like we have four locations across Charlotte, like mm-hmm. I, I really love to to go without uh, having to think and just spend time with these, yeah, these kids yeah. uh, and connect and because they taught me so much about life and they are. And like one of the coolest stories that I, I remember is um, like just what an exposure or a touch can do is we took a group of kids to go to a Winthrop game uh, last January with Pat Kelsey and um, one of our locations on East Charlotte, there's a kid named um, DeMarge who is probably one of the fastest kids I've ever seen. Like, just end to end, like, yeah. he can just run, like, he jumps off walls. And, and, and I, I told him, I was like, hey, like, you could run, uh, you could run track. And yeah. I was like, you're that fast. Yeah. I was getting at it because, like, he, we were trying to bump his grades up and get him to improve. And right. He's a great kid. Yeah. And, and I was like, hey, like, if you, were, if you had your grades right, you'd probably go to college. And we had just returned from Winthrop. Yeah. Um, and I was like, not thinking of that. And I said, like, where would you go to college? Yeah. And he's like, I'll probably go to Winthrop. And I had my mind, I was like, why the hell would you go right. to Winthrop? <laughs> right. I was like, it was like, dude, there's Chapel. Right, Hill. right, right. Like, you know, the state of like the top college in the country. And then, like, to me, it hit me like that was all he knew. Yeah. The exposure yeah, yeah, yeah. to something new and something that I was given that some others weren't given. Uh, it was like a paradigm shift for me of like every moment we have or every opportunity to expose ourselves or someone else to something new, like could create a new thought stream, yeah. an idea that could literally change the trajectory. Right. Um, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. Well, and you're part of it on such a positive side because we also know that being exposed to some of the negative news stuff too can send us on a different trajectory. And you're, and you and your team, you're part of something that is like, is putting something new and fresh and positive and goal-oriented in front of these kids. I mean, that's to do that like day in and day out like that. That, that that's pretty special, dude. It's, it's fun. You know, yeah. I think the, and I, I get the best benefit. Like I give all kudos to like our coaches who are like on the ground floor every day because not every day is as fun as that. And like we're you know we're dealing with obstacles and challenges. And those guys like are just great. I'm the nice uncle who gets to come by once a week and, you know, get a high five, right. some one-on-one right. connect. Um, but it, I think all of us are under that same conviction and belief that, like, the energy that you can give, and I don't know, I'm not sure how to quantify or measure it, but I'm like yeah. a believer in, like, energy. Yeah, if someone yeah. walks into a room yeah. with good energy, it can change the rest yeah, of the room. Yeah. Like, even a touch or a connection. And, like, luckily our group and our team in this building has an energy that is around it. Yeah. I think it, it sends, you know, goodness into me and to others. And right. I think that can change the scope, which can kind of tie into love and how we treat one another. So it is, it's it's a blessing. So then, then the, that day concludes with uh, trying to run home to hang out with my wife and my daughter and we watch some type of Netflix show to fall asleep. Of so course. It's like the seventh round of The Office. Right. <laughs> I love it. So if you're listening to this and play basketball, keep playing as long as you can. Right. You don't want that schedule. So. <laughs> 
Um, all right, so I'm going to turn the tables a little bit, man. I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask me something. Uh, I think that what I, knowing you for a while, mm-hmm. you know, a guy that I would lean on and connect with mm-hmm. and have been a friend and a, a mentor of mine and, and loving what you do and, and, and how you do I think that I'm such a believer of people and love people and connect with people. Like I want to know, outside of family, mm-hmm. who is the biggest influence on Colin Stevens' life mm-hmm. and why? Good grief. Like, it's, uh, I'm not sure I was expecting that one, Nick. You know, I, I can't put it on one person. You know, like, um, there's certainly a handful of guys I've been able to meet with uh, my pastor over the past six years on a weekly basis. And he's, he's uh, I feel like he's, he's poured truth into me and helped guide me, you know, on a spiritual uh, sense. But, um, you know, my, my parents were fantastic growing up you know they believed in me and they pushed me towards what I wanted to do uh, but then you know as I've gotten older I think you know we've, uh, you know Bruce Stankavage very well and he and I have had conversations that just that are that are uh, very implemental to me but I think you know um, I would say more so, like those people absolutely but also what I've been reading um, you know spending time in the word but also reading reading plenty of books that challenge me on business that challenge me on um my faith that challenge me on how i operate you know day in and day out and so like i'm and i'm not a reader but uh as of as of recently i have become one and um so i think that has been very 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 influential in me just you know trying to become as good as i can be and um but, I, dude, I've got a great team with, you know, with F2 and uh, with Manzer Basketball, our Youth Academy. Like, I've got some awesome dudes that I get to see almost on a daily basis that also pour into me and certainly my wife, you know. She makes me better. Just, you know, you, you know how that goes. You know how that goes, right? Um, so, Nick, how can, how can people connect with you? Like, how, you know, if they're just – they're out there. And they want to know about you. Certainly grab me on Instagram. It may be two or three weeks before I get back to you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram. Yeah. And uh, engage a little bit. I try to stay a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I just like to watch and connect with guys that I've been with. But, sure. yeah, certainly can reach out if you're in Charlotte or want to get involved with the program. My information is on lifesports.org. Okay. Uh, or Nick at lifesports.org. Either one. So, I'd love to always connect with young guys or people connecting and growing so it's yeah like anybody that's a friend of Colin Stevens a friend of hey mine, so. man hey you know I, I appreciate you coming on man and um, absolutely best of luck with you and your family and life hoops like life sports keep doing your thing there we've been following you guys and it's it's really really been cool to see what you're a part of and um, it's a pleasure it's a pleasure to be your friend and uh doing life together man let's keep it up yep thank you for listening to this episode of the f2 basketball podcast remember you can check us out on instagram and twitter at f2 underscore basketball you can also search for us on facebook and youtube this podcast is available on itunes soundcloud and youtube we'll see you next time for another episode of the f2 basketball podcast